right, welcome to the podcast. This is the CrossFit Grandview Podcast 78. So we're cranking through them now. We're getting nice and consistent, rolling them out every week. Uh, so we've been having guests on more often, and I'm excited about this one today. Today we have an athlete that trains at our gym, but also she's a physical therapist who's worked with us for, I don't know, probably about seven years now. About five, I think. Five? Okay. Yeah. Seems like seven. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the year no, of COVID equals two, I think. I'm guessing, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You've put in enough work for seven years. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, what's been really cool is to see, um, you know, you evolve over the course of as an athlete and then, you know, even in your role as, um, you know, a therapist and then doing nutrition with Kate as well um, and really just – continue to improve through your mid thirties into your forties, which is something that is, uh, I think really unique to CrossFit. You don't, you don't see oftentimes people, um, get that much better in, in athletics and things, um, in that age. And it's been really fun to, uh, to watch you progress and, and kind of, you know, dabble in CrossFit when you started and then you really started to get rolling into the competitive stuff. And then you've been really consistent on that the last few years. So I think we'll dive into that here. And I know, I know Kate had some questions for you and she can kind of kick it off from here. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I just kind of wanted to hear your story, just like, first of all, like if you can walk us through, like when you started to get competitive with CrossFit. Um, but then I wanted to get more into like the nutrition changes you made yeah. here recently. Um, I started CrossFit in 2016, always been in fitness, done everything up till CrossFit that I feel like was popular before CrossFit, spinning, running half marathons, weightlifting, um, did strongman for a little bit, which is kind of why I think I ended up loving CrossFit because it's a mixture of all those things together and starting it, it was just so much fun to have a fitness source that involve skills to work on. It wasn't just going to the gym every day and being like, I'm going to run on this treadmill. Maybe I do a race and I want to get faster or maybe I wanted to lift heavier, but why? And having an fitness outlet where you were learning a skill and that made you fitter and stronger alongside of that and just always being super motivated. And then once you get these skills, for me at least, it was like, why do I have these skills? <laughs> and then you to kind of get that competitive edge of like, well, I want to put myself out there and see what that looks like. Um, I think coming into CrossFit as an older athlete was also part of why I think I can stay in the game a little bit longer. And if you look at a lot of the athletes that are in the CrossFit games now that are masters are, I'm going to say reborn, like fitness people. Yeah. We're starting to see more people that were in the games originally come up into the masters levels. But I think, Burnout is real. I think injuries are real, but it takes a new brain, a new motivation to stay in that. And that's kind of where the master's athletes flourish. And I think I fit into that mold. If I, I were to say agreed. that. Agreed. Sam, Sam Briggs um, won her age group, yeah. but the uh, she's the only um, former games athlete that's won her age group. Um, I think Sam Dancer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this and year. Sam Dancer. Yes, yes, but yes. it's just now to this that generation. Point, yes, That's where yes. I was getting to. Yes. I just saw, I think it was said female, yeah, maybe yep. on the female yes. side. Yes. But it was to exactly your point yeah. where it's not, I mean, you're seeing some of them yeah. in there, but it's not, uh, 
they're not always winning and it's not as common Correct. as you would just assume. Yes, yes. Yep. And, and it's hard. Like mm-hmm. I watch a lot of them come through and do the qualifiers and quarterfinals and it's not guaranteed. It's a really small field to get into. It's the top 10 in the world. And um, too small, in my opinion. <laughs> also, I agree. <laughs> that's a showcase, not a competition, yep. but that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, so that is what I feel I fit into. And I just got those skills. And I think it's also really important to, and I tell a ton of people this, to compare yourself to the people that are your age. So being someone that is in my 40s or 30s, you work out in a CrossFit class next to a 20 year old, a 50 year old, a you know, as somebody your own age and what are they doing? Where's the drive? And I love doing the open for that reason. It puts you in those categories and you're like, this is where I need to be comparing myself. Yeah. This is where I need to stack up. What do I need to pr- improve on on here? So for me, it's always just a nice way to check in with my peer group and see what's going on and where I stand and matching up with them. Yeah, that's great. So you started, you were 35 when you started then? Just uh, Probably just under that 34. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then you're... 40, I I will be 42. Yeah, you're a little younger than me. It's always coming for you. (laughs) Okay. Well, really cool. Um, And, you know, you got into nutrition. I think you worked with me a little bit. And then uh, I think it was over the pandemic. Yeah. And (laughs) it was like a a rough day. I was sneaking you in to needle me. Yeah. And I was frustrated with something, some situation at work. and, And I think you said, well, you know. I've thought about that. What would that feel like to, to work with you a little? And uh, it, it's been great. It's been awesome. And uh, we've changed, like the body business really changed um, our take from counting macros and being really meticulous and everything. Like we're doing a whole 180 with your life to more like, hey, this is what you're doing now. Let's slowly adjust this um, and be intuitive. And I know that here recently you've made that change from counting macros to going intuitive. And that's really what I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, for the majority of the podcast is how, how has that changed your, how you feel when you're competing? Like, especially like going into a competition, but just like then day to day, um, what do you notice? And in like anything, any feelings around how to navigate that as well? Yeah. So I think in combination with, Allowing, and I'm going to use the word freedom because when I am in a competitive situation or training for something, I can afford to eat a little bit more. And doing some research and um, listening to some of the top nutrition people that work with CrossFitters in the world and, and how athletes work, it's important that you carry a little bit more body fat in that time. And that took me a really long time to be comfortable with. I think, um, Laura Horvath is a pretty good example of that. She obviously won the games this year. She is, she has an awesome body, but she holds more body fat and she can tell you how good she feels with that. You know, she made the reference at the end that she doesn't look like Barbie, but her body does amazing things. And, um, you can take that for what it is. And, um, but I think that it is a testament to in performance it's not about always aesthetics and that there is a clear line in nutrition and in the way you work out with that. And I kind of can cross both those in a year. I feel really good combining those two. And when it's come to food now, my, um, not with not tracking and being a little bit more intuitive, I really go with what my energy feels like in the gym. I can tell a huge difference in Metcons when I'm eating appropriately and kind of this season I've gone 
heavier on the carbs. Like I don't monitor if I know I can have this much rice in a meal. I'm also eating a mango and apple with that. Like just bringing in a lot of natural carbohydrate sources. And um, I just feel like I can turn it on more and more and more. You have an extra gear. Like I have an extra gear. Yeah. And uh, um, I don't. I'm not manifested on weight. I think it's hard in CrossFit to feel like you're light enough to do the gymnastics, heavy enough to do the lifting. And if you just kind of just feel that and really what feels good and let some of the aesthetics and things go by the wayside and um, hold a a healthy body composition for sure. But I can tell a huge difference in just kind of leaning into that and letting some extra carbohydrates come my way and eating bigger a little bit on days I need to train harder and just really listening to what that feels like this past um, four months has made a big difference. Okay. I was just going to say, you know, when I'm thinking about especially like higher end training and and hard, hard CrossFit training, your nutrition is going to be a moving target a little bit more than like a say you were doing like a, you know, building up to like a bodybuilding show where you're going to get really lean and tight and, and following a, a very specific plan. Like when you are you know, you're taking on say a CrossFit competition or even just really hard training day to day, your, uh, nutritional needs are, are going to be bouncing around a little yeah. bit more than if you're like, okay, I'm going to execute this template of a workout and then this, you know, no, it's just, it's a different, it's a much different beast that you're dealing with. So applying bodybuilding style macros. And I think that's where, you know, with like Lane Norton and people like that, it really came from and it works phenomenally well. Um, Because you're dealing with the same variable almost every day, even if you're working like legs or upper body, it's just, it, uh, it's not going to change all that much where your nutritional needs change all that much. But day to day, I mean, and I tell clients this all the time, your your metabolism is always a moving target based on your rest. I mean, I've, I find it really interesting. Like Kiri came in. Um, Kiri's one of our athletes and uh, she's a firefighter and she came in after like a horrible night of sleep. And she's like, OK, I'm going to do this resting metabolic rate test. But I feel like crap. So she did it, and I've I've taken Kiri's RMR I don't know how many times over how many years, and she's always, like, way above normal, at least, like, 15 20%, and she was real low. And uh, we were both like, ah, I just feel like this isn't right. She said, okay, I'm going to go home. I'm going to get good rest tonight. I'll have to work. I'm going to come in tomorrow. And it was right back where it needed to be. And it's just, like, a good example of, like, that day, your body's probably, her body's probably telling her just, like, sleep, do an easy workout. You probably don't need to consume a lot. And, and then when you feel good, that can naturally come up. But to your point with the bodybuilding workouts and trying to just have like rinse and repeat groundhog day, it's the easiest way to see what changes you need to make to have your body come in for like a bodybuilding show. I would, I would think, you know, and and you two could speak to this probably even, you know, better than I can, but what I'm just imagining is like early on, especially when feelings and maybe even your brain is playing a role, it's hard to develop that intuition for a while because you'll override it with like neurotic tendency. I know I will with, with whether it's injuries or things I'm dealing with, I I have like neurotic tendencies that like, 
I have trouble tapping into like what I really need. I'll blow through. Like I'm very much like, I love to like stick to like regimented programs and I'll be hurting. And that's how I hurt my foot, you know, cause I was like, I have to hit these intervals and I like my ankles were torn up and I like ran through it. Nutritionally, do you guys find that hard, especially early on, like starting to figure that out? Like, okay, I, I think I need more, but I really want to like eat this. Yes. Or, okay. There's two ways to look at that. Um, definitely the fact that you said like you have a template, you're not straying from the template mm-hmm. on my workout or my nutrition. That's definitely something that I've been more, the word lax, but in a good way yeah. about. And that is if. I walk in the gym and I know I haven't slept well. My work schedule is really crazy and L2 looks insane. It's almost like my body says like, you're going to hurt. And I'm starting to recognize that. I used to not, I used to be like, nope, I'm going to do it. That's how you get better. Um, And, and I'm not going to do that. And also in food, then in like with our intuition and mindful, I really like that because then knowing that's where you can kind of be like, what I know versus what my intuition tells me because intuition and your brain can work in different ways. But on that end of things, also knowing like you've got to eat to stay resilient Yep. because then that's when I start to get beat up. I have to recover. If I want to come back and do this again, which is the biggest point in the consistency of training is how you get better is you just show up every day and every day might not be your best day, but if you show up every day and you can work on something, you're getting better And if you're banged up, you're sick, that's where I've been. And eating and knowing that that's where your energy comes from, that's where you recover from. And finding that balance has been a real game changer. And allowing that scale to be a sliding scale on, hey, I don't need to go bang myself up with a barbell, heavy barbell today, but I can work on these running sprints and that feels fine. Mm -hmm. Like always kind of having something in your back pocket that is pushing you forward or keeping you moving, but not banging you up and knowing when you can push it and keeping yourself good enough that you can push it more days than not. That's yeah, that's great advice. And, and I, yeah, I'm just thinking in my head, cause sometimes if it's like something I really want to work on and it's just not there, yeah. I'll, I'll feel kind of defeated and maybe like I'll lose motive. I'll, I'll do something that's not even productive. Just like, Oh, I just go stretch and, you know, yeah. and to your point, like, go run those intervals or, you know, work on walking on your hands or whatever it is. Like there is, especially for a competitor in CrossFit, there's, you know, I don't know, 50 skills you can work (laughs) on and you're always, you're always forgetting about one of them, you know? So that's, that's awesome advice. And there's tons of accessory work that you can do, even if it's single leg Bulgarian split squats and you know that that's going to make your hip healthier that day or, you know, just something easy that's going to get your heart rate up and feel like you worked a little bit because in my brain, that's what I feel like sometimes I just want. So figuring out different ways to do that and just keep moving. Do you feel like it's helped your recovery, like doing the intuitive eating? In a little bit. I do because it allows me because it's not that rigid template, right? Like if I feel like, man, Maddie, you really hit it hard this week and you felt really good. Keep eating, you know, feed that and make it good, nutritious sources. I I do have to say that one of the reasons why I'm 40 years old and continue to get better is because I have made better nutrition choices. Um, I go to bed ridiculously early. Like it's not by happenstance that this is happening. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's, I have to say that I'm probably not the average person in this world. I still 
can cut loose and have fun every now and again, but it has definitely been an effort to clean food sources, um, not as much alcohol, getting to bed earlier. What can we do to stay hydrated? That's, I would say, this year, the biggest thing that I've really noticed, too, is that consistently feeding and hydrating makes the biggest difference. I I think it was Andrew Huberman does a podcast where you can maybe understand 10 minutes of what he says. And one snippet that I got from him was that you can't um, quickly rehydrate. You can only kind of stock that almost 48 hours ahead of time. And I was not good at that before and doing things like that. And before competitions, I've started to do IVs. Um, We've done that before. And just getting like that little, those little things tied up, make a big difference. Um, so hydration, quality of food, quantity of food, making sure that you are eating enough. And sometimes you just have to check yourself and be like, it's easy to undereat. I know that sounds silly and I never thought that I would say that. And my tendency is probably more to overeat. But if you are training and getting good quality food and you do have to eat quite a bit and keep that up. So the next day you're just like, nope, my body's ready to go again. Yeah. Just going to dinner and having a few drinks, but opting out of 11 Oh yeah. Till two thirty in the morning yeah. in Miami. Yeah, <laughs> I saw. And that. going to bed is one of those choices. Yeah, that was that, that makes you a competitor. Yeah, rather was, than a recreational athlete. Yeah, and it, it really is true that staying <laughs> up till two a.m. will be more harmful to me than it would be if I had five drinks at five p.m. Yeah, absolutely. So it's knowing those little things and not getting too far in the hole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, I just wanted this to also speak. Like to anybody that's kind of just nervous where they're still tracking everything and they've had a lot of um, success. Like I just ran into a girl in the bathroom and I was telling her like, gosh, you look so great. And she's like, you know, Lauren really helped me out back in the day and, and just tracking. And and I, di- I didn't really get into it with her, but I'm just I was just thinking like, man, I wonder if she's still tracking. She's got a kid now. That would be really hard to navigate through all that and just feel like you know how it can feel over so many years where you're just kind of like, uh, I, I, I got to the point where I just, I felt like it was controlling me and I was just like rebelling against it. And so, I mean, I think like there's a time and place for everything. If I was doing another fitness show, like, you know, Chelsea's getting ready to, I'd probably have a real hard time not tracking. And if I didn't, I'd probably eat the same damn thing every day. It'd be really hard for me because there's no way to, (laughs) there's really no way to navigate that without being meticulous. Um, I know real old school bodybuilders that would just like do it all intuitive, um, but they end up they're dudes and they end up eating the same thing. Yeah, like nobody intuitively in, eats tuna and mayonnaise out. out of a baggie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they like, learned that somewhere. I mean, I remember this guy that um, it, it, he used to give me massages and he was always like doing, getting ready for a show. And he'd be like, yeah, I just go to Sam's Club and I get all the canned chicken because, you know, it's a pretty good price. And then I get all the like big bags of oatmeal and rice. And he, he was literally eating the same thing for like four months. Every day. And then way back in the day, that's what that's what we would go to Mike Davies and we get a, a piece of paper. <laughs> and I remember being so nervous because that was your life for six weeks. Like whatever that said, you're doing that fucking paper like day in, day out, you know, and um, boiled chicken again. <laughs> <laughs> there was a meal that was like three ounces of tuna. Like it was a meal. And I was like, sweet. (laughs) I think that works for a while because it's so predictable. It takes the thinking out of it. Like, I'm just going to stick this. But like any kind of training thing too, eventually you just get like, 
I need something better. Like I just get oh, sick of like you. Like, I need something more satiating. I need a good meal. Like you can approach it like fuel for the longest time, but eventually, like I just yeah. need something that tastes good. Yeah, you, I, I mean, you would get it can still be good for you, but you're like, right, absolutely. Can I get a spice in here? It just felt really <laughs> unhealthy after a period of time, and I don't think that it was any of the foods that were unhealthy. And and you know, and a lot of the, those plans weren't that crazy strict. Um, once you follow them and got a little bit of weight off and he would increase our calories and it wasn't that bad, but it was just, it felt like this isn't what I want all day long. And, and it, maybe it's just because it's the same thing, but it, it was really hard. I mean, I started to do gross stuff. I started to put Splenda on, um, orange roughy, eat it cold. It was bad. It was a savage. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you someone who I've watched just through the years, eat very well intuitively is the guy on the end right here, Dave. <laughs> no, I mean, my, my <laughs> wife is going to laugh when she listens to this. No, no, like, no, yes, no. it is very intuitive. I'm, pro I'm probably like the 80s for a day. guy. <laughs> but, but he does. But it works, I mean, right? No, he, I just nice. see him. Yeah. He, he'll, you know, he'll have a burger and, and a beer and stuff on the weekends, but, you know, I've been around him for years and just like eating with him at North Star and, and it, like he's, he's, getting like salads and protein and, and you know he's just very consistently eating to fuel his body and he can do that really well and and he has a good understanding of of how to do that without you know he doesn't obsess about it i don't ever hear him talk about it have you ever um, tracked macros have you ever tracked macros dave maybe for a day Okay. Yeah, Brandon was about just, the same. That is that's not <laughs> that's how I work. Yeah, that's, that's way too he, he lost yeah. his mind. He's like, oh, so I had something a little different for my snack. And I'm like, it changes everything. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, I do not this. like that. That is too organized. Like, I don't like to think about food that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and, and honestly, it's probably out. a very healthy standpoint that both of you have taken right off the bat refusing that. Where, like, women, we tend to be just like, hey, let's fucking torture ourselves. You want to put us in six-inch heels? Man, if that makes us look better, we're on it. Like, you know, put, put a corset around us. Fed into smash us. They our know organs. Us well. It's yeah. cool, yeah. <laughs> but I'll eat, you know, tuna. I'll, I'll drink uh, juices for 10 days. I mean, I've done, I've, like, literally done everything, probably. Yeah. I've also I, gotten a little chubby, too, you know? I think there <laughs> might be a difference between, like, males and females, too, as far as, like, what is acceptable, like, as far as the way you carry your fat, you know what I mean? <laughs> sure. I, I, not across the board, but in general, like, I feel like it's, guys don't feel that pressure as much, but mm. I, I think yeah. they are increasingly 100%. feeling that pressure as far as, you know, like, you know, I feel like women have always have felt that, like, cultural pressure and societal pressure to be a certain look or a certain way, and that's starting to happen to men, too, as far as kind of that, um, what do you call it? Instagram and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, that kind yeah. of um, muscle dysmorphia. Like, just uh -huh. like, like I've got to look like, you know, Hugh Jackman in the movies. I think a lot of young men are starting to feel that pressure, too. It's not yeah. a great thing, so we want, like, a healthy body and a healthy weight and healthy habits. You've seen but. what you've seen, too, and, and probably really the last, I would say, like, coming out of the pandemic is uh, it's not competitive bodybuilding, but bodybuilding... Um, culture and Hobby. it's a new it's a new culture <laughs> on yeah. just a lot of fitness influencers yeah. yes. And yes. Like, fitness know, influencers yeah. this isn't a sustainable yeah. lifestyle these guys are promoting their brand like that but no realistic person needs to live like that you yeah know? you yeah. can't maintain it's that not good kind for of you. yeah no like year round just you know, like kind of depriving your body of of to, to maintain a certain look it's not sustainable it's not yeah. healthy, i heard but someone that's, say the other day that a caloric deficit is a prescription <laughs> 
that you should take for a certain amount of time yeah. is not a lifestyle. And it's, it's there to episode. serve a purpose of maybe you do need a little bit of fat, lose a little bit of fat for health, or you want to look a little bit different, but that's not where you live and it's not a lifestyle. And I was like, I don't think anybody ever it's has really drawn cool that line yeah. before, yeah. at least in my head in that way. And to know, and that's a conversation I know I have a lot with my clients at the end is that, hey, over the course of the year, it is not, you don't do this every day. Like you should be in this for maybe four months and then take a break. Yeah. And kind of, and that's where we work on this intuition and we can definitely do it when we're cutting, but that's a different stage than just living normal life. What does maintenance look like? Cause then it starts to get real dysfunctional and you uh, either yeah. go like yes. straight, like restricting or you know, and we talked about it on here, like restrict binge. It's really hard not to do that because your your mind gets so used to that and used to that feeling of like, okay, this is a good day. This is a day that's not. And I mean, that's what I would always see. I think people are like really more educated on it now. I mean, um, like when I was first into the shows and stuff, it, it wasn't even a thing. But then when I was coming back into it, that we were doing all the like reverse dieting and and everyone with like ruined metabolisms, like that's what they were working on. And Lane Norton, I remember um, when I worked with him, it was like such a big deal. Um, he was like the most popular guy at the time. And, and he really um, just educated a lot on like what we've done to our bodies and, and how to come out of that. And I really learned a, a lot from him. And it, and it was all true. I mean, every every single one of us, and it's, it's our, your own fault, but you don't even really, like, you're so, like, I was 21. I was like, well, I don't know. I'm getting in great shape, yeah. <laughs> you know? And then, then you keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it, and then you're like, oh, now I, like, feel bad. But you can kind of come out of that naturally. It reminds me of my, my best friend at the time when we went to on spring break when we were 21. He went through this incredible transformation he was just shredded and, and he uh he looked incredible and um you know I was asking him what he did and he ate uh, tuna uh packs and um Kroger Slim Rights pretty much exclusively so it was What's like that? an off-brand uh, Slim Fast shit yeah oh so he just kind of alternated between those and he you know he was on a huge caloric deficit and he was and he was working out and he was taking like ephedra and stuff like that. And he was just shred city down in, um, you know, when we were on spring break. And then, you know, it was completely unsustainable. As soon as we were done with it, it you know, he went right back to, you know, normal or, or who knows where it went. Wait, but I just remember like, there on spring break. I'm always interested in this because I think about this all the time. How many times have I like dieted down to get to Miami? And then as soon as I'm there, I'm like, so he, milkshakes or whatever. No, and I'm no. like, I look bloated. So it's, it's funny. It's funny because him and another of one of my friends, they were really into like fitness and, and, and getting fit for that, that trip. And they wanted to maintain, um, you know, their look and stuff while they're down there. So, they drank, they drank beer all day, um, but the only thing they ate all day for seven straight days was one six-inch, like, Subway sub. And then, you know, they there probably drank. rules. Yes. They, they, they ate one <laughs> six-inch. Jared diet? A six-inch sub. We're not allowed to talk about that. Yes. <laughs> and drank Scared probably, you know, I don't know. 1200 <laughs> calories of beer or something. I, I, I couldn't tell you, but they didn't like gain weight, you know, much of any weight. And, you know, 
we're a lot more resilient then. And I feel like our clients would like that plan. You just pick one thing you like yeah. every day. <laughs> just it's repetitively so yeah. sub, Maybe yeah. that's a way. But I think that to speak to that point too, is in my world, I would 100% do the same thing. It would be restrict, restrict, restrict for an event or a, a vacation, something like that. And then I'd return to my lifestyle or even on weekends, eat this many calories Monday through Friday so that you can eat this many calories on Saturday and yeah. Sunday. And that's not sustainable either. And to learn how to invite a little bit of good stuff in every day, I think is what intuition like is, is leading us. Can we have a piece of chocolate every night after yeah. dinner and not eat the whole bag? Can mm -hmm. I go into a weekend in the same amount of calories or maybe just a little bump up, have a great dinner, two drinks, and be a little bit more consistent and make every day the same. It used to be on Saturdays, you'd wake up and you're like, I always call it the three Ps. You're going to have pancakes for breakfast, um, pasta for lunch, and pizza for dinner. Like, that's what everybody <laughs> lives for, right, on the weekends. And maybe throw an eye in there for ice cream. And the minute that you're just like, hey, can you just do one of those? Like, that's a huge step. Yeah. And then your brain follows and it's like, Oh, that's fun. And I don't mind eating because I've learned during the week that I like what I eat. And so then on Saturday, it's not a big deal. I like that breakfast. I like that lunch. And then I have a dinner to look forward to. And Sunday becomes the same thing. And it's, it's interesting that, you know, cause I, I really try not to think about calories, but I still do. I bet you guys never think about that when you're eating, when you eat a meal, do you ever consider like, you probably know that the calories, do you consider that? Like, I, can, I, I consider things on a larger scale average. So I know that some days or some meals, like, sometimes aren't the best. They're not, like, whole natural foods. But, like, I just, in my mind, I kind of just, I just know that the next one will be better. Yeah. But and do if you I, ever... If, if I kind of eat really well, I know I can afford to kind of, like, kind of relax a little bit and have, indulge in something. So I kind of take a look at over the week, over the month, like, generally, yes. what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. You know, but do you, you probably never look at it, like... Okay, I know I want a Chipotle burrito. That's twelve hundred calories. My normal, like what I would probably have for lunch is like. Do you ever go through those calculations? Do you ever yeah. think about like that? Yeah, but I, I don't know. The fact that I'm struggling to find an answer right now probably tells me tells you that I don't really think about that much. <laughs> I, don't, I, just, I don't think Brandon I just, does. I, I, I don't just think know that like there's a feeling that if I have a Chipotle yeah. burrito, I probably don't even need to eat till tomorrow morning. Like it's right, so yeah. filling. Right, right. Like. I can't even work out later because I'm still like, oh, my God, I'm, I feel so tired right now. Yeah, you're not going to follow it up with a pizza dinner. Yeah, 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 that's what I mean. You just kind of like you just kind of generally try to make smart decisions about food. So you just kind of look at like and I guess the whole point I'm trying to make is it's almost like what Maddie was saying. Like, hey, if I go into a barbell, if I do this barbell workout today, that's really going to suck. But what feels good to me is these sprints. I can push myself in another way where you guys probably look at food more like this is what's going to feel good to me. Where if you did, you know, did a workout in here and then Chelsea talked to you into, a, I don't know, five mile run or something that she might yeah. happen to do. And you're like, man, that Chipotle burrito actually is going to feel really good right now. Where I think we get fucked up is I think you and I still think 1200 calories. Yeah. 1200 calories because I was just using that example the other day where I really wanted this latte like that would feel good but I'm like man if I have that it's, it's kind of like a, an amount of a meal and then I need to wait but I didn't want to do any of that I just wanted that latte I should have just had it because later on I had it anyway like right at the end of and, and I'm kind of getting to that point where I'm just going to do what I'm going to do it but if I avoid it if I push it off 
it's worse. Like it's just worse. And I, I at least know I live with you and you do that in the moment. And I'm always kind of like, oh, you shouldn't do that. But, you know, in a way you should. And just always kind of look at like, okay, yeah, I feel like having these cookies after dinner, but I'm not going to have the whole bag. And I know if I can have this, because you kind of just live in the moment. And like my whole kind of point in saying this is you guys are two dudes that stay just as lean as we do, like, and men to women, you know, ratios or whatever. I don't think that it ever takes torturing yourself. (laughs) I think it takes like learning. And I'm sure you guys have learned over years what feels good in your body and played around with that, but not like in a macro way. And I don't think you ever got dialed in. And what's also interesting is I used to do this all the time. I would take Brandon's food and throw it into my fitness pal and kind of see where he ended up like calorie wise, fat wise, protein. He was always like within several hundred calories of the same amount and it would give or take carbs or fat, but is it, it was almost like straight up like um, 30, 33% for almost every macro, like very even across the board. And, and so it's kind of like, I guess if I'm trying to send a message out there, it would be like, hey, if you're, if you're counting macros, it, it's going to maybe be like a scary process to come to intuition. It was really scary for me. I, I, I had a like probably a more of a battle of a transition than you did. I, I gained like 12 to 15 pounds. <laughs> I kind of felt like I knew I was going to do that, but it was because I was overeating. And I, I did that to comfort myself because I was feeling freaked out. And I do that in every situation. When I first got pregnant with Oscar, I like was really freaked out. I gained 20 pounds, <laughs> but it wasn't because... You know, it was just because I ate too much to make me feel safe, you know? And I think what I hear from both of them also saying is that they physiologically, after Dave eats a burrito, he doesn't feel good (laughs) and he doesn't want to eat. And same with you. Like, you listen to what your physiology is telling you. Um, I come from a background of a little bit of like a binge restrict type situation where you have simply just blown through every full factor you've ever had in your entire life. And you don't get those physiological feelings. You're just like, nope, I could eat again. Oh, I want to eat again. So I'm eating again. And I think that in this last year where we've worked on this more and you have to be mindful of your full factor I have felt those physiological things coming back. And I think that's a really important um, key to someone that naturally eats that way. And we may get more people that have tapped into it, but naturally that's happened. And so they just have that. And that's the way it should be. The reason we have all these hormones, we have hunger hormones to spur us to go find some berries. We have adrenaline and hunger hormones together because it spurs us to hunt. Like that's where we come from as humans. Do we live that life now? No, we simply have to walk into a gas station and pick up a donut. And that's where it's coming from. And so a lot of these things that we're fighting now of the true physiology and why we're experiencing these things are just completely different in the environment yeah. that we're in. And for someone to naturally We're still hunter-gatherers yes. living in a modern world that yes. we have the most delicious accessible yes, food which ever. which can override that physiology. And yeah. so to get someone to come back into that is hard work, takes a lot of consciousness, and you almost have to trigger those things with food. So it's like 
the drug is the medicine. <laughs> and yeah. it's tough because you can't yeah. just not eat because right. then all of a sudden you're like, well, I ate too much of that. But can you register how that feels afterwards? I didn't want to jump off the couch and do anything. That's yeah. not the way I want to feel. I think that's a really good, I've been trying to think more that way. Like after I have a meal or even when I go, it's hard for me when I get hungry because yeah. that feels scary to me. But when I go into it, I, I, I'm trying, and when I finish, <laughs> I try to think about like, could I run down the block and feel pretty good right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. And that's, if, you know. So there's lots of like, whether, I mean, these are good ways to think about it. Like if I, like as, as methods or tools to prevent overeating or eating too much, right? You could have a glass of water for every meal. You could, instead of eating in five minutes, take 20 minutes. To, like that signal, that response of mm -hmm. satiety will, will, will sink in a little bit more in 20 minutes than five minutes. Or like you said, did I eat so much that I can barely get up now and take a walk? Or could I moderately comfortably like go run a quarter mile right now after this meal? Like that's a good level of like, you know, eating in one sitting, right? Yeah. You should yes, be able yeah. to move, right? If yes. I'm an ancient Neanderthal or like a hunter gatherer, right? And shit's coming and I mean, I better get up and go. <laughs> if I'm just constantly eating, like I'm going to be the one that's, you know, eaten by the tiger. <laughs> and Wildburn runs away because they just had a, they a, had a couple berries and ran away. Yeah. And I was like, you know, hogging the drumstick over here and Dave got eaten. I'll, I'll always tell people that's why <clears throat> a big reason why I think CrossFit works so well is even if you're you're working like a sedentary job, say you, you do a CrossFit class after work at 430, um, your likelihood of rolling through like a pizza hut buffet is a lot <laughs> less likely yeah. if you're doing, if you know you're doing a CrossFit workout and you're going to dive into the ground and do a hundred burpees through the course of a workout, there's no way you're going to make that food choice because you know, it's going to like violently upset your stomach and your, your body. But if you knew that wasn't kind of, you know, the teeth to what you're like, Oh, I don't have anything going on. I can, I can make this choice. You're going to make a different food choice when you're, when you're making those type of exercise. And I will yeah. say decisions. just, you know, I know we've said it on here before people tend to just not eat at all, which is not good, no. but I, that's actually the scenario that I always picture is like, if I had to show up to a CrossFit class right now, would I be embarrassed? Cause you know, when you eat too much and you're like, ah, oh, man, I might fart like in the warm yeah, up. Yeah. This is, this is going to be real bad. Like I, I need to like, just really go off on my own in the corner. I don't know what going to happen you're just like scary of what's going to happen with your body you're going to puke in your mouth you don't know like that's that's overdoing it well you're you're going to be aware even within a few hours like if you went through wendy's and and got lunch at noon and you weren't taking a class until even 6 30 p.m to me i knew if i if i got you know burgers fries and and some sort of like coke and even if i had five, six, seven hours between that. I mean, that workout's not going to go real well for me. It's just, you need it's, to tell James this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he can, he can pull through it. I had a question, something I wanted to bring up before too. Do you think if, if someone, you know, has developed some poor nutrition eating habits and we need to kind of get back on trap and, and say they're doing it on their own, maybe working we do, do you think it is helpful for initial like, learning or education period or getting more on track to track food initially. That's so you learn, so that graduates in, in I was going to go there with that. You know, right? Because, I, really because maybe question. I don't know yeah. what proportions are. I don't know what, like, yes. you know, you guys know, if you just look at a plate, you're like, I know how many calories it is roughly within probably yeah. 50, right? Yeah. Versus someone who doesn't know that. So is for the learning process, is it easier to be very specific at first and then 
break away from that once you know they're like oh i know that a fistful of meat is this much you know i mean until you get a better sense yeah so we actually did that exact thing that was like our whole method where we would track for at least what was like the least uh, the first 30 days yes and then we would move them here's what happens everybody memorizes their template that fits in there and they 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 don't learn to tap in like just what we're talking about Mm -hmm. they're afraid of food and they don't learn to tap in to how I feel, they memorize calories, they memorize protein, they memorize carbs. But more importantly, what I've really felt like all my clients still did was memorize their day. Yeah. Like this is what I had breakfast, snack, this is safe, this is safe, this is safe. And then a, a lot of them, you know, probably a lot of yours didn't like vary it up much because it was, it's a huge pain in the ass, it's right? Pulling and they, teeth. they never get good. They never live in that world like Chelsea is where the, she mixes it up every day and it's kind of exciting or every three or four days she's changed. They don't, they don't really put in that work. They don't want to. So they would memorize it and it would be like kind of defeating the whole purpose. So at a certain point, I mean, and this, this was a tough transition. It was like, I don't know, like four months ago, I was like, Hey, we're scrapping all this because it's sending the wrong messages. And it was like a battle every time. Okay. I know you've had six. The thing is they had success. So I know you had success with this, but we have to start to switch because this is not sustained. It would not register. And all they knew is I feel good. I'm not, I'm not burnt out. They weren't tired of it yet. Why do I need to do this? So even when they weren't tracking, they'd still eat the same thing. It's going to work till it doesn't. Right. So it'd be like, I'd see them, you know, and that's why I started to get frustrated with like it, you know, it, it's an expensive program. I don't want it to be three months and then you gain weight. I want it to be like, don't see me ever again. I love you, but <laughs> you know, I, or let's go out for a drink or something. I don't want you to have to come back for like a re and it's okay if you want to come back for a revamp, but that, you know, that is not the culture I want to create. I want to create like independence. So that I think most people are so disconnected from their body. I mean, this, this goes into the whole thing, like not just, uh, satiety factors and how you feel, but like emotions, everything and and women are probably more disconnected from like hunger you know hunger satiety but guys are just disconnected from their body in in feelings completely so you know i like to think of of what you (laughs) think shots fired here (laughs) looking right at you i I like what you're saying so i'll think about it in in the same way with so you're you're brain goes more to the nutrition and, and mine will go straight to the training. So that's like if someone say, and, and I love the program, but like a, a, a Wendler 531, which is a really straightforward linear cycle. Um, and you do that and you have some success early on. And then, you know, you've done that and that works until it doesn't. And, and then you don't know what to do after that. And that's where, you know, I, I don't know. 10, 12 years ago, every, every gym owner thought they were a genius by like slapping a five, three, one before like a short Metcon. And they're like, Oh, I've got this advanced program. And then that gets boring and then it doesn't work after a while. And then you get frustrated. And if that's the only thing, you know, it's like only knowing macros. And that's where I've really resonated with uh, a conjugate style of training over the last five years or so, because it meets you where you're at. A lot of people are using like RPEs on their on their strength programs now because they're going to meet That's you where rated, you're at. Rated proceed exertion, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Versus so, percentages of your max yeah. is the win right? Yes. And yeah. then like with uh, conjugate programs, um, 
typically you're going to be lifting to a heavy, a safe, heavy variation a couple days a week. And then you'll do some lighter percentage speed work where you're never threatening to fail the lifts. And then you're, you're, so you're kind of undulating back and forth between those. And it, again, it meets you where you're at day to day a little bit more so than like, I would run into problems and injuries consistently where I'm like, Oh man, I got to try and hit, you know, whatever this percent is I'm tired. And then I'm mixing it in with like really high impact exercise that is, you know, going to actually, you know, not maybe work as well with a, a, a straightforward percentage. And I get like knee tendonitis or just bang up my shoulder. Cause I'm trying to like bench 90% when I did a bunch of ring muscle ups two days beforehand. And so that's where I think the, uh, you know, again, intuitive eating and then, you know, it's almost intuitive training with that. You have now a map for you, but there's some wiggle room. That's a really that. good point. Yeah. And it's, I mean, I've been doing this now for over, geez, I can't remember, like maybe three years where I stopped tracking. So I really took my body through it. I journaled everything I ate for a year to kind of get myself used to it. Made sure I was able to get myself in good shape doing, you know, following only the intuitive eating. Um, but I still have a hard time. And I was just telling Maddie and Lexi about like last Friday where I just felt off. Like, you know, the day that you would probably do the sprints instead of the um, barbell lift. I, I was just like real lightheaded all day. And I had a surgery freaking you know, four days before that, five days before that. So I should have just been like, you feel off, eat more. But, you know, you're all bloated after surgery. And I want, I keep, I try not to look at the scale, but I want to get back down to where I was and feel good. And I have my stomach be out to here. And so I was like, okay, you can do this. We're going to get through the day kind of following what you would normally kind of do. And I should have just had what I needed when I had it because I ended up having it at eight o'clock at night, which is the worst freaking time in way more. Cause I, you know, and I was telling them, I never think like, I'm, I'm going to sit, I'm going to make some, you know, in, in the middle of the day, I want to make some, uh, high protein rice, crispy treats. And I'll probably eat like three quarters of the portion. I, I'll just think, no, I should have like a bigger snack. And that might be, if you're even thinking about it in calories, 300 more calories where what I just had was like 2000 plus at 8 PM. And it's, it's like the biggest tall tale sign that I should have just listened to my body, but it's really, really hard for me to not fight those where I, and I'll even say this to a lot of my female clients and even some of my males, I have problems with food. Just think like a dude, think like a dude. If I got up, weigh myself, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm two pounds heavier, but I'm hungry. Like, well, whatever. I don't know what's going on with my body today. It's just a little off. Something's weird. It'll sort itself out. I'm going to just listen to myself, be healthy, feel good, be healthy, feel good. And sometimes that be healthy might mean you have a burger, but most of the time it means like you need to actually be healthy, yeah. you know, and have that extra fat or carbs in a, a healthier way or whatever. Yeah. To kind of dovetail off of what Brandon had said, being locked in those percentages versus the conjugate style. It, exercise is hard work. Losing weight is hard work. We never have covered that up. But we've tried to make it easier for people. 
And we've always, when a body based client says, we're never to discount that this is not like, this is hard. hard we easy. made it easier for them by telling them what to eat and do these things. And then they could just kind of check out. And the hard part was, yes, they had to deny themselves a couple of times. They had to go to social situations, but they always had a plan, but they never had to develop that plan. Yeah. So that's so where that <laughs> on, off, on, yeah. off. And even in coaching, you have to like, if a conjugate style workout comes up, you got to be on people a little bit more. They're dealing with the bands. You're watching it upgrades you as a coach mm -hmm. to coach these really hard things. Um, and they kind of get harder because these people have to um, apply their number one, their feelings, Yikes. number two, what to what knowledge they've learned about food. So I think now we are really coaching nutrition, what this food looks like, what a scenario in public looks like. And it we try to make a hard thing easier but this hard thing just really ends up having to be hard at some time yeah. to get over just, that hump. Right. And, and personalization, too, yeah. of the whole thing. We've yeah. always said that I think that this gym does a great job of keeping people healthy. The body biz has always been when I say the thing that's different about this program is that it's personalized to you because we con we're in contact with you every day and we can help you through these scenarios. But what we've done is gone the extra step and gotten uber personal with them. And being able to be like, this is how this becomes sustainable is to know yourself, know what kind of foods you like, know what kind of foods you want in these scenarios, how to handle them appropriately and get past that really hard step that leads to a life of what we would say like freedom yeah. from food or yeah. being able to vi view fitness as fun or something yeah. that you enjoy as a habit. Hard things are only hard for a while, right? Yes, as, yeah, long as, yeah, yeah, are, yeah. as long as these are positive changes in the right direction, whether yeah. it's exercise and nutrition, like that initial change is very difficult. But once you kind of get to a point where it's like, oh, I just I'm feeling better. I'm living a great life. It's it's going well. Like it doesn't it doesn't seem as it hard as it used to be. Yeah, yeah it's not the same. You know, your yeah. relationship with that effort yeah. is just like, oh, this yeah. is the new me. Yeah, I feel not better. Not to leave you on a hard point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're not like you just shouldn't mentally always be working that hard to like always feel like I'm just fighting an uphill battle. Like the point of initially making that change and making it difficult is, like you said, to get to a better place. Yeah, you know where you're capable of more. If it's fitness, like I always tell people, CrossFit doesn't ever get any easier. You just get more capable. Right. Yeah. It's always going to feel like it's yeah. hard. It's like you think about exercise. Yeah. <laughs> about all exercise. It doesn't get any easier. You're, you can just withstand more. Yeah. A hundred percent. Gang, I think that's a great place to leave it off. We will see you next week. See you guys. Thanks.